0: kids. You know? <laughs> Dennis, yeah. happy
1: evening hour to you, my friend. Oh, I'm better than I've been all day. It's nothing like a belly laugh to get the evening started. Yeah, man. And some 12-year-old doers. My daughter bought me. She bought me a freaking, not a quart, it's like a half gallon. It's just, it's just so heavy. Yeah. I, at first, I could hardly lift it, but a couple of days later, for some reason, it was lighter.
0: Huh. It's just... I don't know. It's, it's go, I don't know what happens. There must be a hole in the bottle hey. somewhere.
1: Hey, what's the origin in your uh, mind of the term uh, pony soldier? Pony soldier? Yes. I've never heard that term. Are you kidding me? That's right. You dropped out of high school. Is I it, remember. Is it like part of the Wii cavalry? I wonder if my brother was telling me this about these Marines who went over to Afghanistan, and when they came back, they formed a company to make bourbon. And when they were in Afghanistan, they were all astride horses in their work in the desert. And they called themselves Pony Soldiers, and that's the name of this, it's bourbon, not scotch, bourbon. Mm-hmm. And it's got a cool bottle with a great label if you care to find it. But at any rate, he told me this, and I said, they're not the first ones that call themselves Pony Soldiers. Yeah. And I told him what I thought the origin was, since you don't have one, it's I'm surprised you haven't heard the term, but I thought that it was the term coined for the young Indians in the pre-civil, in the early days of the the westward movement, and what they called the young uh, Indians on the horses, with no saddles and just not even a blanket, I guess, pony soldiers, I thought. And that was odd, because he said, the Indians called themselves soldiers? And I thought, no, I think that's what the army called them. But I think now that I say it out loud to you, I think I'm wrong.
0: So I found a webpage that says, what does the term pony soldier mean? And That's helpful. it explains, there's a movie that came out in 1952 called Pony Soldier. And in the movie, the term Pony Soldier is used to refer to a Royal Canadian Mounted Police, who is the protagonist of the film. Uh, However, the term also appeared in Hondo, a John Wayne film that came out a year later in 1953. Other than that, Pony Soldier is an esoteric term. It isn't used much by English-speaking communities.
1: Well, I stand as the exception to the rule. <laughs> So that's interesting. So, I wonder out loud, but I'll check it myself later as to what they would what they call those Indians. And why do I want to say Cheyenne? What they call those young uh, Indians? But anyway,
0: apparently, our dear president, at one point, called someone a lying dog-faced pony soldier.
1: (laughs) Yes, maybe that's why it was so familiar. We riffed riffed on the pictures, (laughs) didn't we? We did i don't know you sent me a, a bunch of artwork or photoshopped and we commented oh, we God. talked about it on the show man that's and and you know what i wondered why i when my brother said this i wonder why am i so familiar with that <laughs> word and all i could think of was these indians but it was from that and remember the contemplations that went on over the net on that what is it remember i mean What's this article like? i just pulled up is it was about that more about the more about biden saying it well that was when his campaign tour was still called no more malarkey. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. <laughs> and he hired some staff who said there isn't anybody under the age of 67. <laughs> who knows what malarkey is? So I was. You're assured to get the old vote but and lose everyone else's.
0: I used to be in a Facebook group where it was this, the idea was you could, it was for members to post stuff that post like super liberal stuff that they were not comfortable with posting on their own timeline because they had conservative relatives and stuff, and the, the group was called Snarky Malarkey, <laughs> which I thought was
1: pretty clever. There you go. So that's your introduction. Yeah,
0: I saw the final episode
1: of Your Honor. Should we go yes, away? I
0: have.
1: Why this one? So your it, thoughts?
0: It's. I'm sure the writer feels super proud of himself for wrapping up. Everything in the last four minutes, sort of, in a way that, like, oh no, the mob boss is gonna kill Adam. Oh no, is is the is little is little man man going to what's little man going to do? And I knew as soon as little man started to raise that gun, I know enough about aiming pistols. The transparent
1: writing of the series gone.
0: I, I know enough to know that you need. Two hands and one closed eye to hit any damn thing with a pistol from f- from thirty feet or whatever. Everything I thought he was going to yeah. walk right up to him and yeah. and so and, I, I, and then walk away. That that would have been the, the smart thing. But
1: I have a question. Anyway, yes. You ever worked in a kitchen in a restaurant? Never. I've worked at,
0: at my boarding school for high school. We all had to do. So many hours every week of community service, kitchen duty. Okay, Uh, and I was assigned to I was assigned to the salad bar, and I had to go in and fill all the little bins in the salad bar with the appropriate things that they needed to be filled with. So, so
1: so imagine this: you're in the kitchen, and you're working with your coworkers who you work with every day, and some random dude is just walking by, chatting away, yelling out, being funny because you never stop talking when you're in the kitchen, right? You never stop talking, never stop interacting. Waitresses are coming in and out. There's all this stuff, and the back door suddenly opens, and in walks what—a four-foot-four, very pudgy, black kid, carrying a paper bag, which obviously had a gun in it. That for some reason he was carrying outside the hotel. It was in a paper bag, but then, unbeknownst to us, because the camera didn't show it, very secretly, he took the gun out of the bag, and he must have thrown away the bag, uh-huh. and he put the gun in his pants. When he did that, we don't know, because they showed him walking in the hotel, bag in hand, and then they showed him in the hotel, gun in pants, number one. Number two, imagine we're all in the kitchen, working away, talking. The back door opens, and here comes this kid. Mm -hmm. We don't even look up. We don't notice him. We don't look up. We're just, oh, so busy. You're chopping your onion. In a restaurant, which has posted armed guards in the front. There's no guard in the back door. Oh, man, we should have thought of that. Hmm. You mean there's two doors? It is a front door and a back door. Hey, boss, I think we fucked up, man. And then, and all the judge
0: that, that is trying to get in and running around the building trying to find a way to get in. And never says, by
1: the way. Doesn't find says, that door. I'm a judge. Never says, I'm Michael, whatever the fuck his name is. I'm the judge. Does he have Pulled his foot down. And, and, of course, in that circumstance, maybe that would be against him because they're gangsters. Right. But he might have upset in my sub-blah-blahs. And, uh, he was never calm. And he went from one scene to being tired and sweaty to the next scene drenched. And one would believe that it was raining out. But here's the thing that I will say about this, that the last episode was the second best episode following the first episode. I agree. And this is what I would say. If you juxtapose, just if the starting point of this movie in the mind of the writer,
0: if one were to juxtapose
1: which we know is addled and, and full of over-appreciation of his own talents his or her own talents, or the writers. Yeah. But to start with a simple premise, the, uh, the gangster's boy dies in the arms of the boy killer, and the boy killer ends up dying in the same position, gurgling the same bright red blood, dying in much the same way in the hands of his father. If this is the starting point of the writing, and our job as writers, is to break what happens in between those two things into eight pieces. yeah We would come up with a better eight pieces than this entire fucking troop of fucking. I don't know what I, I'm. I, I'm searching for monkeys on Um. No, because they could probably get it right. These guys couldn't. Never will. Never will. But Cranston doesn't do the writing, obviously, but he, as the director, he can do what the fuck he wants. He's the one who says the script is ready. Let's shoot.
0: An executive producer. He could say, no, yes, go back yes, and fix the, this.
1: Yeah, The executive producer as opposed to an right. executive producer. You, made that point. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so the poignant scene of the boy dying in his arms, poignant. It's a, it's a poignant. Point, poignant. Poignant. <laughs> play Lix, let's, let's, juxt, let's point- just suppose the places just just suppose the poignant scene of yeah. the the victim dying in the arms of the boy and the boy dying in the arms of his dad that is a an amazing starting point for a fucking plot it's in right. and, and, and as i describe it that's exactly what the writing team considered i think but they chose as a team, which is the problem here, they chose as a team these eight pieces of the puzzle that weren't joined together by very many logical threads.
0: Yeah, it felt Not like it, it felt like we've got eight pieces to put together. There's eight of you guys. Each
1: of you take one and go off and... And do, yes, that's yeah. right. And wouldn't it, hey, would it be cool if we had a big dinner at their house and, and, and in the house, they invite the detective? Whoa, 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 wait, why did they invite the detective? Doesn't matter. And then, also that it invites this woman who's who wants to be like, "Wait a minute, why is he using his a woman that he used to work with for no, never mind, And his mother, who's a senator. what the mother's a senator she never mind. that's one guy. yeah, and then he does it. And all the other guys forget everything that he did because it and and, and it comes into play finally in the final episode where the senator. Suddenly, is the person who has to tell Adam that Mama was a fucking hoe?
0: That sort that? of reveal at the last in, in the last episode—that oh yeah, it turns out this person wasn't quite as holy as we had helped them was up she, to be.
1: You know who she was screwing?
0: I you know didn't, who. We were, huh? I didn't think hard enough Dude. on it. Was it the mayor candidate? It was Big Man.
1: No. Little Man's brother. Little Man's uh, Big Mo's. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Mo's son and a little man's mentor. No. The hat. The hat. Uh, Who took the picture in the hat and why is, is the hat on the which head is and... why he which is
0: why at the first episode Adam was there in that neighborhood to And unbeknownst where she was shot. And, to
1: him one of the gangbangers killed her. And here's the thing about these fucking writers. They never explain that. No. Why is this upper middle upper class woman having sex with a gangbanger and her husband <laughs> Ends up saying one of these stupid scenes in the kitchen. So here's the thing I'll say is that most of the stupidest scenes were in their house. The little fire that was supposed to burn up his wallet and his clothes. Right. The turned picture in the bedroom that never came back to again. Not the turned picture. The picture on the pillow. Right. Which was a lost a lost was,
0: strand. Anyway,
1: yeah. hey, so Brian Crassey might have said, hey, wh- whatever happened to the picture? It doesn't matter. Doesn't, why did we spend a whole scene about it with the guy in the room? taking the picture and peeing in the toilet. Wait a minute, whatever happened to peeing in the toilet? That seemed to be like a, 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 a premonition of something. Oh, we decided not to notice that when, when, when the judge came back, he noticed the picture turned the other way. Oh, he found the picture, but he didn't think anything. Else. And oh, by the way, when he went to the bathroom, he didn't notice that somebody had pissed in his fucking toilet without flushing it and pissed on the fucking uh, rim. Yeah. And probably on the floor. Oh, why did you do that in the first place? Oh, that doesn't matter. That was la- that was last week. <laughs> right. No, every that was a different no, writer. You don't you don't know, man. Every week on its own, man. That's why when you consider this against the third the third series of the detective, which was the best of the true detective, which is the best of three, there weren't any threads that were disconnected. There weren't any there weren't any wasteful scenes. This whole thing about your honor, it had all sorts of scenes in it that they didn't have to do. They should have filled it fully more meaningful stuff. So whatever, in hindsight, though, i got to say this. i got to say this more and more. Get off your chest, Dennis. I believe that the dance scene in the studio of Adam, when he was shown as a crazy kid, that actually makes more sense now than it ever did because you know how crazy he is. This murder drove him insane. So insane that he decided to become the lover of the ugly daughter of the Greek guy and give up his beautiful teacher girlfriend for this Uh woman who looks like... Some fucking I don't know cave person. She's definitely less
0: attractive than the But Here's
1: the: thing, she never shows up in the whole series without her fucking little Catholic girl high school uniform of her plaid skirt and her white. And sometimes she wears a sweater. But finally, we see in a different outfit. And where she's going? She go in the courtroom of the murder court of her brother, where where she, where she no stops to, to give a hug to her boyfriend. Yes, who was sitting in the back. These people allowed in in a courtroom that was closed because of COVID, in spite of the fact that only one person wore a mask, and the judge coughed and breathed the fucking air from the broken, broken skin and bones of a guy who fell out of a window. Yeah. And there she is in her second outfit of the move of the series, which is a sweater that was too big for her father. And she wore it to be some hipster to go. And there's Adam in the back, and here it goes. They tried so Give hard. Me a fucking break.
0: They tried so hard to make it, to make that moment with the inhaler so important. Like the music was all serious where the gangster and his wife saw Adam so, using the inhaler. And they were like,
1: oh, whoa, maybe, maybe. Then that's well. I, yeah. I actually appreciate that because that was the moment they knew that he had killed him. Right. Here is the piece of the plot that I have to say I like what the writers did. And this is, in fact... This is the first good thing I've said about this writing since the first episode. Is that not true? And also the point of final scene. Yes. Point In him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now they know it's him. So here's the thing I liked. When he called, when uh, a Baxter, Daddy Baxter called the judge yep. to say, your son's here. Hope you show up to see what I'm going to do to him. And it all fell into place that way. Right. That when the... Baxter walked up to the sun and it was this really chilling moment. Where I got to say that was Adam's best moment in the whole series, including the first episode. In hindsight, that was his best moment. And this little bit of writing, where the greatest harm that he could do to the judge, relative to his son, was adopt him as his own right. and welcome him into the. Family. When he
0: opens up his arms to give the hug,
1: yes. And the, the of course, we thought, which was his murder, and we thought that, I thought, I don't know about you, but that he would pull out a gun and shoot Adam in the fucking skull. Right. Boom. Right in front. Of, but then in front of his daughter. And this is the thing I liked about the writing. It was, in fact, because of the daughter and a high school girl, apparently high school, I don't know what the fuck, who says, yes, I love him. Yeah. Yes, I love him. Oh, so. It's going this,
0: to be more of a uh, uh, Fredo. I know it was you. Moment. Oh,
1: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That
0: embrace and knowing that. and knowing that I have total power over you, and I
1: will have you killed shortly. But oh no, I didn't see that at all. No, I don't. No, 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 no. Okay. I saw the takeover of the child as his child. I saw him becoming a member of the gangster family. I saw him being welcomed into the riches, and huh. from that point being forward, being corrupted in that life, corrupted with daddy being becoming. Uh, second dad, or Uncle Judge, or whatever. But you knew that what the gangster had in mind, without a doubt, was total control over Adam,
0: correct, correct.
1: And in whatever manner, we had a moment moment to think about it. And understanding though, that the judge did not know that. Right. He thought that was, well, let's, let's explore that, though. If that's the case, then it wasn't an effective move by Baxter. So did the judge know that's what was happening? He was embracing his son, screaming in the window, no, no. I mean, It must they, be that he did understand. He was
0: in, Adam was in his arms, uh, and the gangster was making eye contact with, with the judge. Being He's like, mine. He's mine now. He's mine. I will whatever do with him I whatever I please. Yes,
1: that unknown where you and I would spend, I keep acting, I know what's in your fucking scary head, but <laughs> I know in my mind, I thought that it meant that he was going to bring him in as his own, and that just as his son, who was acquitted, in a bizarre, Hey, here's a question for me. Here's the question. What's the question? Okay. If you can answer this, I'm going to contribute a hundred dollars to our podcast. Okay. Sef-
0: 71. What? Was that the answer? Uh, say it again. 71 was how many times? Oh, it's not a math question.
1: No, do. No. Okay. God. <laughs> oh, you surprised me. I, you're, you're just, what's you're your mind. question? You're so fast. What did the notes say? that the judge had crafted on behalf of a yep. juror that was left on the table and the judge read it and ended up saying, and I quote, I'll do it. I'm objective and neutral. That's my job. I'll do it. What did the notes say? I don't know enough about <laughs> Oh, no, that's bullshit. It's got nothing to do with law.
0: Uh, say uh, seventy one. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: hey, mark, mark it down. What episode is this?
0: It might have. This is episode ninety eight. Ninety eight.
1: In... Two more before we review. Moonstruck. Moon structure.
0: What do you think it said? I. It could have been a. I
1: don't know what it said, Eric. A drawing Here's of a. Thing about these fucking writers. A hangman. I have. They never said it was. I don't know what ended up happening. Maybe I fell asleep for that moment.
0: Yeah, but that's okay too. It's okay to have. uh, Fuck. There's a term for that. Ambiguous. M- MacGuffin. Maybe. What? What? The. The suitcase in Pulp Fiction. It's a thing that the characters interact with, and it's never explained. And you're just. Oh, I was full of money. That's one explanation. What's yours? There's no. It was glowing and it would have been heavier, but yes. Yeah, it's it's a narrative tool.
1: Is that... You're a narrative tool. NT, I gave you a narrative tool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right about this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a narrative tool. (laughs) Sounds like a crutch. Sounds like a, a life crutch. Is that a life crutch? Why are you limping? Is that a life crutch? No, this is just a narrative tool of my life. <laughs> oh Here's a question for it just and it's not an answerable question. Okay, what would it be like? That was the beginning point of a novel. Is that a crutch? Which, why are you limping? No, it's just a narrative tool of my life. Could we go from there? Eight chapters.
0: Probably better than the writers. If you what
1: would the conclusion be? What do you think about a series that ends in death? What do you think about the 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 the, the, the tragedy? Of your honor, it certainly wasn't a comedy, unless you count the. It's sometimes funny when people do stupid things, and when stupid when the when they write stupid writing.
0: And I, that I heard might it be funny. I heard it re- referred to as Shakespearean, which is well. Uh, <laughs> no, don't talk it. do get too puffed so, up. Yes, it's a death is a like Adam's death provides closure to the whole. Yeah. Revenge for Rocco. And at that point, in theory, there's no that sort of absolves any problem that Baxter had with the judge. Or it just turns... It, it's, it, over. It, it it's over. It releases all of the tension that was right. created on the first episode. It's over. And so in that way, it's... Third. I'm sure they were super... Like I said... I'm sure they were super pleased with the way that they figured out that what if someone that wasn't Baxter killed Adam accidentally and got away and no one knew who fired the gun? Like, what a neat little bow to wrap up the. the Well, and I must say
1: that the two most, the the two best Brian Cranston scenes to me, largely due to the, the macabre and disjointed and totally unrealistic writing. You know where Cranston—you might say his soliloquy in the fucking room of the guy we brought the vegetables to—was quite was quite, a, was quite a, a scene, but it made no sense. You couldn't you, you it, couldn't get past. It how took me stupid.
0: It, was. it took me a second to remember. He brought vegetables it, to could, a man. Was, yeah,
1: yeah, but yeah. yeah. So here are the two scenes. Number one, and this is a brief moment, which I asked you, I, I gave you homework. I know you didn't do it. Was to go to the scene in the second from the last episode, where once again, for reasons that are totally unbelievable baxter and, and the judge are at the corner where rocco was killed this is like about the third time but nobody's ever there so it doesn't really matter yep. lots of scenes down there and what i suggested to you in, in what is one of my two favorite scenes I the judge was confronted with the fact that he was going to die and willingly for the murder of rocco and during that scene i said to you look at it because He's that's when he had COVID. right Look at his eyes. That's one scene. Here's the second scene. But there's a little twist to it. Hmm. It's a scene in the court in his uh, chambers when his girlfriend lawyer, whatever the fuck her forgettable name is, she comes having strangely spent all sorts of hours <laughs> right. trying to figure out what the fuck is going on in, in yet another disjointed way, including put herself in harm's way in these one of these many scenes in... She
0: walks uh, into the mob, into the gang boss's big, apartment. Big
1: mo, Yeah, Big, big mo. mo, And it's just like and, right, threatening. And, and she said, I left a note and maybe that's a bluff. And she's in there. She finally puts it all together except, of course, that it, it, it wasn't, that it was the judge who did it. She thought she thought it was everyone. But forget about all that. Yeah. Forgotten. Forget about her in the scene because the camera was on Cranston. And what he was talking about was what, what it meant to him to give up everything else for the life of his child and that scene was mesmerizing yeah he, that's he why amazing. i'm glad i watched the series just so i could see that scene and it would make sense juxta supposed juxta supposedly against the scene at the scene of the crime the scene of the scene <laughs> yes which i've seen and you've seen yes it was pre-screened
0: I saw it on my screen. Screen. With Brian. And when
1: we saw it, screamed. (laughs) Brian, was it a dream? Hmm. Was it a
0: dream? I don't know, man. It's Here's a
1: question for you. Is it milk or is it cream? Figure out the words when you gurgle and scream. Because this is the time of the dark, dank dream. Whoa.
0: You're not asking me how I want my coffee prepared?
1: Your coffee comes black without any cream. We know it for sure. We saw it in a dream. There you were, coffee in hand. Understanding coffee with milk is just bland and moving, shaking toward the final scene where you knew that it wasn't just a scream. It was a dream. Whoa. It was a dream.
0: If you have caffeine in your dream, does it wake you up?
1: It's called the caffeine dream. It's a new scene. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I can I yes. I wait with bated breath. I, you, I was you going with the seam,
0: of, like you I were was the verge of sewing end, the seam. Poetic... Yeah. Yeah. We record these too late for that sort of creativity. Uh,
1: so... greatest is, is fried? Yes. By uh, what? What is it, midnight there?
0: Long day of work and parenting and whatnot. So we had an incident this week where... So in my little town of, we'll say 8,000 people, for all of last summer, 2020, we had seven eight, nine active COVID cases, and we were all pretty much on total lockdown, like I guess some of the bars were open, but a lot of stuff was closed, and we were concerned everyone was wearing masks, like you're supposed to, and then October rolled around, just as I had predicted when we started school in September, although it doesn't feel like a lot of the contagion came from the schools, but who can say? Around October, we got this second wave where we started creeping up and up, and we got up to 20, and we were all nervous, and we got up to 40, and we were all nervous, and we got up to 50, and we were all nervous. And then, like, sometimes when we would get up to 60, and then a week later, we would be down to 50, we would be like, ah, finally, it's all over. In this way that, because we're ratcheting up what is the new normal... Whenever it goes down a little bit, people think, oh, we can open things up again because it's it's going down. And so this has been going on and on. And it got worse than it's ever been in 2021, in in January. And we made it all the way up to 100. I think we made it up to 101 cases in a town of 8,000 people. So that's uh, pretty bad. But, But hold on. So and then we were hovering around 90 and then 85 and... Once we got down to 85, they, like, opened up some of the bars. Like, they had shut down all the bars. Like, you could, there was no service, no nothing. And then when we got down to 85, they said, okay, you can, you can come to the door of the bar, ask for a drink, and you can drink it outside in the street. In the patio. Uh, in the patio. And so that was fine. Fine. As fucked up as it is.
1: Yeah, and which is your point. Three... Which is your point. The normalization of fucking terror. Exactly. And
0: then three days ago, our cases went from 85 to 11 with no explanation, no official announcement of why this happened. And obviously this... Okay, the one possible scenario is that, oh man, uh, 70 people just got better and no one else got sick. All We're keeping track of deaths. We're up to three deaths so far. Oh. The, the, the first two were, were within the first couple months and then we just had another one. But the what it really sounds like is either... The previous numbers were inaccurate, and the, and they got corrected, or they were accurate, and now they're being counted in a different way that makes it seem uh-huh. things are better. Something like yes. they've changed the are way you that they're counting there. Are you immunizing? Uh, there are some vaccinations going on, but even some of the octogenarians that I know aren't even close to being on that.
1: When will you get yours? You figure <clears throat> it's probably going to be
0: August. The mine's, way things next week. The way things are going is really slow, and apparently the EU is bungling things. And yeah. you have it's a matter of how much the country like. It, there's this capitalism bidding war on which country yeah. wants to pay the most to get the vaccines for their people, and it looks so the, dire. But anyway, so you, but I, oh, I wanted to ahead, just c- complain about how the fuck can you go from eighty to eleven and not and not say why? And also it's the semi-official. Problem, right? The semi-official websites that are posting these things that used to put how many new cases there were every day, some of their back records on new cases per day have been modified. So, do you see the trouble Cuomo's in on numbers? It feels very 1984. I have see not it? seen Cuomo news. No.
1: So Cuomo's numbers are that there's a conspiracy uncovered, of uh, under the direction of the governor's office that they undercounted the deaths at, at a rest at a assisted living in, in old folks homes or whatever they call them, and instead. Reported of his hospital deaths. And there's this clip of Cuomo that says, where they counted as senior living deaths, or where they counted as hospital deaths, what does it matter? They all died. And you can imagine him saying that at the time in a way that was very sympathetic and right. and grave, but taken out of context.
0: Yeah, that quote written down. Makes you look like an oh, asshole.
1: Oh my god! Never underestimate the isolation of a sentence, on its ability to just fuck you up in terms of what you said. Thank goodness. But now the United States is the fifth in the world in terms of immunization per capita, and Biden is got a fucking approval rating of sixty-two percent. Wow. The average approval for Trump the entire time was forty-one percent, and the news, some of the the political news, is reporting this clip after clip of, of these political savants talking about that used to be there was a honeymoon when the president was elected but it's not there anymore and here comes fucking Biden with 62% it's the highest rating a president has had forever and it's it's not a honeymoon the only thing people give a fuck about is trying to stop this shit right? and he's delivering fucking shots in our arms that's all we give a fuck about we don't care about the fucking impeachment and all that fucking distracting shit all that legal shit that's interesting right? but it ain't about my life <clears throat> yeah, we fucking like him. And 11% of Republicans give a favorable writing to Biden. Do you know how long it's been since the Democrats gave a favorable writing for a Republican president? <laughs> I uh, give you a guess. It's not been in the last four years. Unity. This is what he's proving. This, he promised it. He's delivering it. And this is what Goldberg, the reporter from, the I believe, New York Times said. What's her first name? I can't remember. But this is what she said yesterday. She said, listen. You don't have to have support from these Republican senators to be able to achieve unity. There's a difference between caring about the process of what these particular senators say and actually understanding that the majority of the country is supporting what's necessary here, including, by the way, which is huge, make note, Republican governors, Ah. including those wanting to run for president such as the governor of the state of Maryland, uh, Hogan, who would be a formidable foe for uh, for about anybody. But Hogan, hey, is, a pretty good... Harris.
0: Hogan is a pretty he... great president name. Hogan? Yeah. yeah.
1: You know what his first name is? It's too bad. It's Ben. No. So it's too bad. To... <laughs> That'd be good. No, it's not.
0: What is his first name? Tom or treat... Yeah, there's a... I've seen a bunch of stuff on political Twitter today about how Ted Cruz voted against federal aid for hurricane sandy victims because it was affecting a blue state and now that texas is in yeah. dire straits he's changed it soon. this it's like it it would be nice if the politicians could be a little less like a kindergartner where it's like oh uh you want to give me cookies sure i'll take your cookies oh you want my cookies no these are my cookies hey Let me tell you what's gonna happen with Ted Cruz.
1: He's gonna run, become the Senate Minority Leader. And because everybody in the Senate hates Ted Cruz, even Josh Hawley, who holds his nose when they make agreements, it won't stop him from doing it. But there will be a run against Mitch McConnell. Now that Trump has broken his silence and released yesterday this long statement, name calling Mitch McConnell, and the only thing that you should that, you, that we should think about and this is a huge statement from him so who knows who helped him write it? but right. uh, mitch mcconnell when you read this statement you will know that when mitch mcconnell was done reading it he said i should have voted to convict the motherfucker
0: uh-huh.
1: it's actually exhibit a as to why i think mitch mcconnell will support a simple majority required vote to uh, eliminate any chance if Trump has to hold public office again, which is a 51 majority vote. I think Mitch is gonna support that after his quiotic post-acquittal statement. Have we talked since the acquittal? I don't think no. so. No. That was just Saturday. Yeah, Seems like a month ago. But anyway, boy, that was a shock.
0: In that no one was surprised?
1: It was acquitted. Although Burr, uh, Senator Burr from North Carolina, was a surprise he ended up uh, lindsey graham said that burr's retiring and so all i can tell you is this acquittal is the best thing that ever happened to laura trump who Who very well would be like i'm going to support who very well could be the north senate the new senator from north Carolina, laura trump her qualifications being that she's married to who fucking eric trump erics are the worst are you kidding me he looks like the uh, half of a fucking mannequin that was never finished.
0: Yeah, I, I heard that Burr is the only person in history that has voted to convict on two impeachment trials. Both he voted to, to he voted to impeach or convict Clinton. Oh, and also Trump, and no one else has. No Did one else was that around so? huh? that, that voted in that way for against both of them.
1: Mitch McConnell was there. Yeah, but he didn't vote to, uh, against Trump. Oh, what what do you mean there's two parts? I told you no two part questions. Just keep it simple. Just one part question about one thing, not two things. I can't keep track. And there's no reason I should, the money you're paying me. Well, which is nothing. Hey, so talk about this dude who wants to come on our show, man. (laughs) Let's put a shout out. Let's put a shout out to him. Hey, bro. You listening today? He is listening because he wants to know if we're going to talk about him coming on the show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So
0: for those of you that aren't him, uh, we you don't care. We got a comment on our YouTube post because oh, we put all these up on YouTube for some reason, for this reason, and some guy chimed in and said, "That's some guy.
1: Give him a... what's his first name?" Well, I'm not going to. I'm you. not going to. First name? I, I forgot already. Let's give him a nickname. Uh, Bobby. I, no, caller number one. Caller commenter caller number one caller number one hey instead he, of being on the show do we have a calling so he's listening and he's getting he's, he's probably jumping around in his seat a little bit thinking that maybe maybe they'll let me on the show yeah but i mean with the, the money thing. we don't really pay our, our, our guests i want him to use the communication tool that he used to let us know he was interested the, what it, how did he let us know through what through youtube you comment he said okay. hey comment. can i be on your show and tell us why Exactly.
0: Exactly. But you can't just tell us why. Tell can't us just more. say. Can I be on your show? You have to so, say, we've only "Hey, had one, this yeah, is what I would." This is what I would add to your show. I uh, am knowledgeable want about. To give him
1: an outline.
0: Give yeah. him an Outline.
1: Go ahead. You know how many parts to the response. I am knowledgeable
0: parts? about American politics, and I am a COVID researcher <laughs> at. Uh, you can't.
1: Are you writing it for him? What are you doing? At, at the Mayo Clinic. I asked for an outline, and you're like writing it for me.
0: And also, I, have, I I was on the crew that worked on uh, Your Honor, and I have some inside information. Oh.
1: <laughs> that would be a big one, right? We have him on. So so, he's, so we want caller number one, we right. call that, or even tentative, caller number one, write us and tell us why he wants to be on. I was touched. I was touched. And it's hard to read emotion into an email, but it was emotional. Right. He said that in an obvious moment of incredible excitement. Can I hang out with you guys? And here's the second question for caller. Number one is, of course, why do you want to be on the show? Number two is, how many episodes have you listened to? Right. Exactly. Why is Moonstruck so important? (laughs) Let me add this. Take your time. Take your time. Episode number 100 is coming up. Yep. Caller number one. Is that the first time we'll accept the caller? I don't know. The producer is not happy about the idea of it, and he is the executive producer, not Anne. Exactly. Executive Producer. The one and only the inevitable Eric. There's only one chef in this kitchen. And And that and- chef is blind to young black <laughs> children walking in the back door with a fucking pistol in their fucking pants.
0: Yeah. I think a couple of I think a couple of gangsters have walked behind my chair since we've been recording but i've seen
1: I them i didn't want to mention it i thought maybe that they were there i don't know what they were doing i didn't i saw them right it didn't it didn't register can you uh, post on the show notes the image from the Zoom meeting we had
0: mm, i don't think so but
1: maybe some other time we could recreate it <clears throat> but yes it was much there wasn't a lot to it it was funny though Yeah, that's. I liked it. So I noticed after the last episode the virility of the fucking cat, the lawyer lawyer is the cat, which apparently exploded even more. What are you drinking there, young boy, young laddie? A beer. What is in that dark cup? A beer. Beer? It's a lager. It's a lager. Well, I I did my share. It's an
0: Alhambra special from Granada. Granada? Alhambra. Alhambra Especial. You don't you don't say the H in Spanish. Alhambra. Alhambra. And that Alhambra. is a. Every Spanish word that starts with AL
1: came from Arabic. Yes. Like algebra. Alhambra like Especial. Yes, indeed. And I, I now am buying Smittics. Hey. Yes. By the case. You came back. You
0: went out. You took yeah. a break. You had an affair with the flat tire. For are short lived. And you came back into the loving embrace of the Smittics. It was a two
1: night stand. What was that for? (laughs) As long as Smithers can forgive you. Oh, man. So it was minus mine. Minus. Minus mine? Minus mine decrease here. Minus
0: mine degrees.
1: Which explains why I'm drinking so much. mine Which explains why I'm drinking so much. I'm fucking cold, man. Hey, I was out shoveling snow in the afternoon. It was a sunny day. We had a snowstorm. Dropped about six to eight inches on the ground. And... When the snow plows came by, they covered up the sidewalks with another four inches. It was about a foot of snow. So I had my snowblower out there, which is electric start. It's the tool of the month. Mm-hmm. It's my snowblower. Bring it. And I've described it before where you plug it in, prime yeah. it, and press a button. It starts immediately. And you cable? Do you have the cable running to it the whole time,
0: or is there a battery?
1: No, no, no. It's electric outlet plug. Okay. And I have a cord that's that right now is attached to that snowblower. So I literally, I filled it full of gas when I was done. So I literally only have to turn the key, prime it, and turn it on, and Wait, it's ready to go. It's electric, We got a lot or, of snow or, for this part of the country, what? It's electric or gas? It's electric to begin with, it's electric starter, and it's gas, it, it, the electric starter generates a gas uh, motor, as That's opposed true. to pulling, like a pulling thing, where in the winter, yeah, in the cold, that would, nine degrees below fucking zero. With your back. Right. With yeah, with anybody's back for that matter. But here I got all that done in the morning, took two hours, cut through the snow. And there's a, a certain amount of uh, be here now is going on here because you're in the snow you're in the snow, the blowing, snow's blowing all over you in like a fog, and it's cutting slick as a fucking whistle. Like a motherfucking hot knife through motherfucking butter, mm-hmm. right through the fucking snow, creating a nice hard edge and blowing it, and blowing, it and blowing it, and blowing it and then shoveling and cutting it in and it's almost I don't know. Like decorating a cake, like a big giant Christmas. fucking it's, you know, Christmas. We haven't had Christmas yet. we're yeah. Gonna have a COVID Christmas in March probably. But so, then Whew. it cleared up. Got all excited there. The sun came out, and even though it was nine degrees below zero, it was a fucking sunny day. So I did my work. I did my shit. I did the childcare. Did all the stuff. Do come to be time at late in the afternoon. Time to know, home. In day's over. Kick back. Grab a beer. Go outside. Dressed up for the nine degrees below zero. Big coat. Boots. Boom, boom, Finished up some shoveling. Yep. Making even neater the clear-cut birthday cake-like fucking results of the morning snow blowing. And as I sat there on the steps, warm enough in the sun, my beer turned to slush. Uh,
0: yeah, I hate when that happens. I need photos of this uh, garage work, uh, driveway work that you've done.
1: Oh, yes. Okay. Please. Coming your way. Coming yes. Coming
0: your way. I a couple years ago. I was at somewhere, some sort of gathering, and it was an open bar where they just had, like, restaurant-level coolers, refrigerators that you had to open up, slide a thing, and and you could go and grab as as many beers as you you wanted, which is, of course, also known as paradise. But they were a little too cold. And you would grab a beer, and you would take it, and as soon as you opened it, that was enough, and you could watch the beer crystallize all the way down from, the top, to come out of the, from the top to the bottom, and then it would erupt like a volcano. A beer cano.
1: A beer cano. Is there anything prettier? An icy beer cano. Vesuvius, man. Yeah, man. Fucking beer suvius. Just, just beer suvius beer cano. Put your mouth over that and just let it all in. Mm. Put your mouth on that and suck it down, motherfucker. Because there's nothing but good there going on. fucking what ends up being nothing but fucking foam does it ever come up out of your nose when you do that that's not good
0: that would be especially at that temperature that would be super painful
1: i would think or super cleansing if you want to come at it from a you know a more spiritual perspective yeah because there's nothing more spiritual than cleaning out your fucking nostrils and your whole all those uh, what do you call them your sinuses that is where the soul lives right in your sinuses Right in, in the space, right between your two eyes and that little cavity in there. Right. There's a little cave. That's why they call it the third eye. It's, it's, a, it's actually not called the third eye. That's a mispronunciation. It's the turd eye. Oh. It's the turd eye because it's shaped like a turd. It's a turd eye.
0: That's... Turd eye, turd eye. Is that the day after Wednesday?
1: Or shouldn't I? should it Shouldn't. Wait, what day is tomorrow? Turd eye. Turd day. Hey, so I meant to share this with you. It's amazing that I remember this. So here's a book.
0: The Corrections by Jonathan Frasen. Right.
1: Fran Franzen. Which, which won just all sorts of fucking national, was the winner of the National Book Award. And, the, and, and I just finished it. And it's Pulitzer Prize finalist. And here's a few things people said about it. Marvelous everything we want in a novel, except when it's rocking along, for it never to be over. Could this be the first great novel of the 21st century? The novel we've been waiting for, a contemporary novel that will endure, genius, an energetic, brooding, open-hearted, and funny novel, my wondrously devastating, a genuine masterpiece, wisecracking, eloquent, heartbreaking, beauty, astonishing. francis is a wizard. Remarkable and possibly unprecedented. Okay. And in this book. I'd like to take this
0: opportunity to, to remind our listeners that you can go to iTunes to leave comments and rate podcasts. And if you wanted to use any of those adjectives or entire phrases. Yes. That's yes. like read one of those right. and, and substitute podcast for novel. Right. And, and that's Caller
1: number one. We're giving you a hint about what we want to hear. That <laughs> could this be the best podcast? Of the 20- Incandescent. In this novel, there is a scene Not fluorescent. where this man, who's suffering from uh, dementia,
0: sounds like our podcast. Yep, yeah.
1: has visited upon him one of his own turds that escaped from his anus, somehow escaped from his diaper, and spoke to him in amazing terms about a variety of subjects, which you can't imagine. This conversation that's never happened to you. This week?
0: Yeah, I mean, my my output has been more
1: silent this week, but sometimes so, they have ideas. This is what happened to me the other day. So we got a problem in our bathroom. And the fan... And tell me if you know this, but the fan in my bathroom downstairs doesn't blow out of the house. It blows into a closet on the second floor. So the good news is the bathroom smells less. The bad news is the fucking closet stinks. And, and also... <laughs> the plug in the bathroom doesn't work. So the only way to rid yourself of the odor is to light a candle. And so we light the candle. So I got to go in for my morning movement, which is pretty uh, resounding, resounding. It's the biggest expulsion of the day. I got just a moment. I'm not rushing this time, which is unusual. And I light the candle. As I light the candle, I throw it in the toilet. And as I realize before you I throw sit the candle down, in the toilet, in the toilet, yeah, not the candle, no, the match. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry. Phew. What a fucking dope. The match that yes. lit the candle, which is still lit. I throw it in the toilet, uh-huh. and strange as it is, it lands on a wad of toilet paper that's in there that wasn't flushed the last time when someone blew their nose. And as it lands on there, it's still lit. So I sit down and I start to think of expulsion, but instead I lay a fart, and that fart catches flame and blows me off the fucking toilet. I land on the fucking floor from a fucking explosion. Wow. That's fantastic. Here's the question. Did this ever happen to you?
0: I generally try and keep flames out of my toilet bowl.
1: Do you know that back in the day, my brother, my younger brother, Mike, when we would get loaded, he would be able to fart, save his fart and almost fart on Will. And I remember just just fucking like it was yesterday at a party, him laying on his couch. With his jeans taut, pulled tight, because he has his hands behind his knees and he's pulling up his ass, pointed toward the ceiling, and his jeans are taut. And as he pulls up, and he's ready to lay this fart, he lights a lighter, and the fucking fart lights the f- and hit the flame hits the ceiling. No, of yes, absolutely hits the ceiling of his apartment. Damn, that's a flame. Oh, that's the the black story of the of the toilet incident that just Brown, happened. Brown story. And I told you too, I said, "What well, you know, and so God, I get up and I go, I got it. I'm got. i sitting there and blow, blow my nose and blow my nose and I got a big wad of toilet paper here. Blow my yeah, I wipe my ass with it. So I wipe my ass with the next thing. Instead of, when I go to fart, my fart goes, choo, choo. <laughs> I get my ass a whole fucking cold. It's a snort
0: <laughs> Or a fees. That's...
1: Uh, oh, God. Well, so, you know, I, and, and, and here's a note to caller number one. Mm. Do you have stories like this? What does it say in the bottom of your koozie? <laughs> I don't
0: know. It says, how cool is that? <laughs>
1: well, how cool is that? Which pretty is cool, man. Which is
0: a pretty, if you're going for uh, short slogans for the bottom of your koozie, that's a
1: pretty good one. I was... Turned on the morning news at about 6 today, 6 a.m., and was thinking in my mind, so let's see if these fucking fools end up spending time reporting about what Trump said to McConnell and talking about this, backing these fucking uh, uh, primary Trumpians. And I was fucking delighted. I switched from MSNBC to CNN, and neither one of them were reporting on it. Great. Exactly. At all. It was like, good. Don't—good. Learn your— Learn your fucking lesson.
0: Although, so can we briefly touch on the theft of Air Force One, where Trump had this model of Air Force One okay. <laughs> in the Oval Office, and I don't know how long it's been there, but he just took it. I don't think it. I don't think it. He bought. I don't think he bought it. I think it was just there. He, it probably was there previ- previously with other presidents. I don't know, but he just thought. Huh, I
1: liked
0: it. I like this. I'm gonna. I like it because take it because he's a six year old at heart, no. and he likes. Big planes and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, stop talk talking about him, the better.
1: I know. It's true. We shouldn't give him any airtime. But I'm yet to look at any footage of the Biden town hall meeting in Wisconsin last night. very, 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 very smart choice as to where he's going to do this, where he does it. This is Biden's rendition of Trump's announcement in the first week of his presidency that he announced for the presidency and he was running again. That's how Trump did it. This is how Biden does it. And it was a town hall to one end, just to talk to yeah, people? Answer the questions of the American public about what his administration was doing. It was an episode of transparency and forthrightness, which hasn't been seen in over, a little over four years. Oof. But my episode point is that he goes to Wisconsin, which is a swing state, which is definitely a state where the idea of unity is far flung. Right. And what ends up happening? He's got Republicans in Wisconsin supporting him. Is he running again? He just went to Wisconsin. Right. Is that a fucking clue? That's very poignant. He didn't take he didn't take Kamala with him. So for some reason, this tune comes to me. Let it out. So In the morning I wake up and I sit on the pot. Oh no. I hope that my farts will be strong and weak not. And then I apply pressure and a song does come out. My fart sang a song that I'd like to shout. Oh, where, oh, where are you tonight? Oh, why did you leave me all alone? Well, I searched the world over and I thought I'd find true love. You made another. You was gone. Gone. You was gone. Okay,
0: that's it for episode number 98. You can find the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 098. You can help support us at patreon.com slash happy hour. And even better would be to tell a friend or to go to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating like we encouraged our caller number one to do. That would be just the most awesome. We'll see you next week.